Welcome everybody to episode 15 of the Back Lounge Podcast. Or considering our guest today, maybe I should be greeting some of you by saying, Willkommen! But anyways, my name's Tank, I'm your host, and for anybody that's new or listening for the first time, I'm a guitar tech in the touring music industry with over 15 years of experience. And on this podcast, we invite bands, artists, other roadies, and anybody else in the industry or otherwise, and we just have conversations about whatever we want to. And this has been super fun so far, and I cannot wait to bring this episode to you as well. This one, editing-wise, is like completely down to the wire. I'm supposed to be releasing it for early access to patrons in like an hour. But life has been chaotic lately, man. Uh, My wife and daughter and I are in the middle of uh, trying to find a new house and possibly moving. We're actually moving outside of the city of Nashville. So been a lot going on, man, and I'm trying to keep up with all this content. But the episode that I'm going to be bringing you today was actually filmed last month, about three weeks ago from the time this is going to release. And our special guest today is vocalist Maria Lessing. From Future Palace, excuse me for the voice crack there. I've been doing a lot of yard work and my sinuses and throat are just jacked up. But anyways, Maria from Future Palace. And I was really excited about this, man, because Future Palace kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, You know, they're a newer band on a rising empire. And the first time I checked them out, I loved it. And then every single I've checked out afterwards has been awesome because while they do maintain a certain sound, they have a lot to offer. There's a lot of variety in their sound. And they just recently released their second studio album called Run. And I have listened to that thing from start to finish so many times at this point, and it blew away my expectations. Like, I didn't think it wasn't going to be good. Like, I didn't think it was going to be bad by any means, but... After one full listen through, I was really pleasantly blown away, man. It's a solid album. If anybody hasn't heard it yet, I would highly suggest checking it out. For anybody that's watching on YouTube, you can check the description of this video and I'll have links to all their social medias and stuff like that so you can keep up with all their tour dates. But if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Google or any of the other audio formats, uh, make sure to go to future-palace.com. They've got everything from their merchandise shop to tour dates and, you know, ways to contact the band and stuff like that. And speaking of tour dates, these guys have been so busy. They've been doing festivals in Europe and starting in August, they're actually going out on tour as a support band for Battle Beast, which is super exciting for them. And we talked about that a lot in this podcast, but man, I'm just excited to really bring this one to you guys. So let's just jump into this one. Episode 15 of the Back Lounge Podcast, please welcome Maria Lessing from Future Palace. Maria, welcome. <laughs> or let me let me try that again. Hold on, I've been practicing. Um, mm-hmm. Willkommen. Uh, vielen Dank für Ihre Zeit. Wow. Oder ist es deine Zeit? Yeah, vielen Dank für, yeah, you, you can do the formal way, which is like Mrs. You say vielen Dank für Ihre Zeit. Okay. And then if you say thanks for your time, just like everyone else would say it, and you can just say Danke für deine Zeit. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you did that really well. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've, wow. I've, 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 we have so many German followers on, on the YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that, and I just I've I've been taking German lessons for a while and I'm finally at a, <laughs> wow. I'm finally at a place where I'm starting to pick it up okay but like mm-hmm. 
fluent conversation, I'm still lost. I can read and write really well at this really? point. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is impressive because German but, is really hard for everyone who doesn't learn it. Yeah, it, we we talked about it with a with some of the people on Twitch the other day. Like for for an English speaker, um, there are certain sounds that are that feel very unnatural to make. Mm, mm -hmm. And I've heard from some Germans that there are some English sounds that feel yeah. very unnatural to make too. So it's you know uh, back and forth. But anyways. Uh, mm -hmm. Wie geht's? <laughs> yes, wie geht's dir? <laughs> it's so good. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm excited. We have just released our album a week ago, ago now. Yeah, a week. And uh, crazy feedback so far. I'm really, really happy every, how everything turned out and that it's finally out. And yeah, and I'm excited. We're supposed to play on Full Forest next week. So also on Sunday. So I'll be there in the one awesome. week and um, that's my first festival ever. So yeah, I'm really excited for many no things way. that are happening. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, that's yes. so cool. Yeah. I'm so ex really, really excited. Never went there before. So yeah, I, I, I love festivals because like it's been years since I've actually gone to one like to watch a festival because I've been mm -hmm. working for bands, but uh. fe festivals are always like a big family reunion for a lot of people because you get to see a lot of people in bands that you don't normally see when you're on tour. And it's just, That's it's right. such a good vibe. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm really, really excited. And also it's so cool to, to know how many bands are going to be there that I've mm -hmm. never met. And I'm really, really looking forward to be seeing them. Uh, for example, Holding Absence is playing on the same stage yeah. as we do. And I'm really, really excited just as a viewer to see them play, honestly. Like, I'm so happy to see them because I didn't plan in my time to, to watch them live or anything. And then I can just do it that one day. And that's so amazing. That's awesome. But we're just, yeah, we're just staying there for one day, going there in the morning, leaving again in the evening. But that's still going to be cool, I think. And then if I saw the schedule right, too, you're doing, um, was it the High Five Festival in Sweden, too? Mm -hmm. The week after that, we're in oh, Sweden. That also, lineup first is time. great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm really, really excited. Uh, once again, it's our first time. Well, not our, but my first time in Sweden. I'm not sure if for the guys as well. Not for Johannes, but maybe for Manu. I'm not quite probably only me. <laughs> um, so that's like so many big things at once. And I haven't been on a plane for like two years now or like Same. three years or <laughs> right because of COVID. And I think even longer ago, I don't even know. I think actually the last time I was on a plane, I went to America actually to the USA. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yes. Yes. Where, and that where, was also my first time. Where'd you go here? Where were you at? I was visiting my sister because I have siblings living there and okay. they were raised actually in America and um, she lives or yes, yeah, she lives in uh, Washington, Seattle and nice. I was going there. That was really, really, really cool. It's a that great area. Seattle's great. Yeah, it was really cool. I was it was honestly like a dream. It didn't feel real, like a yeah. different universe. <laughs> yeah, Super nice. high, I actually I almost um, I almost went to the High Five Festival. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because they they the festival actually reached out to me mm -hmm. and asked me if I would be interested in coming over and being like a, a festival ambassador and doing like interviews with bands and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely would have loved to do it. Yeah. But um, my wife and I have a one year old and just oh, okay. we don't we don't have family mm -hmm. that lives near us and it would have been very difficult. So I told him I was like. After this year, I would love to do it anytime you ask, but I just can't. But I saw that um, mm -hmm. uh, Bogdan, Hardcore, he's going to be there. Yeah, I was talking yeah. to them just, I think, last week or something. And we were talking about yeah. that. And I was like, whoa, that's such a long 
uh drive or like flight uh, to to a festival but it's so so cool yeah. but i get that with with your uh baby because our drummer just got a son as well oh, in december okay. yeah. 24th actually like jesus <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny uh yeah and because of that reason he also we have to kind of like change our plans here and there yeah. but yeah oh, like I, I, so our our daughter just turned 15 months and mm. the one thing i learned very fast about having a kid and I can totally relate, especially with him being in a band and the schedule is like mm -hmm. your schedule is now your child's schedule for yeah. the most part. Like mm -hmm. it's, we, we just took our first vacation. Um, we just drove down from Nashville down to Florida to visit my wife's parents. And it was mm -hmm. the first time we had our daughter on a long car ride and mm -hmm. we had to stop so many times and okay. entertain her. We just loaded up movies on an iPad and I think we mm -hmm. watched despicable me about seven times which is great <laughs> wow yeah i i know i have like a younger sibling so i really know what it's like and i have nephews yep. and nieces and yeah yeah you you have to experience to know what it's like yeah. <laughs> but yeah it, it's crazy. It, it is it's it's so crazy because i never realized how much i didn't understand because growing up like i what was an only child like my sister lives with my mom so growing up i lived with my dad and i was never around like mm -hmm. no nieces or nephews or anything like that and i have friends that have kids but until i mm -hmm. had a kid i didn't realize like yeah how much work it can be oh it's, <laughs> yeah and they're always moving she's <laughs> constantly running from room to room and getting into everything <laughs> she shouldn't oh no uh, Okay, so, his son can't walk yet, so I'm gonna prepare him. Yeah, <laughs> to know that. <laughs> oh, when they start walking, man, it's like you cannot <laughs> keep your, like you can't take your eyes off them. She's always into everything, and because they're so young, they don't understand that when mm. you take something away or tell them no, it's probably because they could hurt themselves, and then yeah. they get upset, and then they cry for like ten minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I remember that from my younger sister because she got hurt all the time. She ran, would always fall. And I had to like protect her and run after her and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna backtrack a little because you brought it up. I, mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about the new album because mm -hmm. it is, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to tell you it is so good. Oh, thank it's you. It's so good. Like, thank you. I'll, I'll be 100% honest. Mm -hmm. I, ex I expected to like it, but when I actually listened to it, by the time I got to the end, I, I, I was like, this is really good. Like, oh, thanks you. That's bl so Blew nice. my expectations out of the water. Wow. And last night, my wife was doing some of her work. Um, mm -hmm. She weaves and she's an artist. And then I was doing some stuff here and I turned on the album again just to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I had it loud enough uh, back here that she was listening to it as well. Ooh. And uh, she she likes some of the music I get into. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the more extreme stuff she doesn't get into, but <laughs> she, I, I came out of my room and I was like, this album is so fucking good. And she's like, <laughs> she goes, I, I really like every song that I heard you listening to. Wow. Like, that's awesome. Like, wow. What a compliment. Honestly. Yeah. Wow. What? It's, it, wow. It, it's got great variety too, because we got like four or five singles before it came out. And mm -hmm. then as the album progresses, there were a couple times where when I was working over here, um, we got a little bit different sound in songs. Mm -hmm. And I actually had to look at my Spotify just to make sure I was like, okay, is it over? And did it go to something else? And I was like, oh, wow, this is the <laughs> same CD. 
Yes. Um, wow, that, that intense. That's interesting to hear. Yeah, because there are many like different chapters. I would like to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's what the it. Album. That's what it felt like. Like mm -hmm. lyrically, especially. Mm -hmm. I was actually gonna really commend you on that because, for me, the album is very. Um, it, it's it's very. You can tell lyrically. It's very personal, but it's yeah. also very relatable. Oh, that's great. That's that yeah. was that was both points of these were the ones I was going for while writing because I I don't only want to talk about myself or like personal stories, but I really wanted people to understand them or yeah relate to them. And that's so nice when you're able to write something in a way that everybody can put their situation in the song and yeah. relate to it and feel with it. That's so nice. I'm trying to pull it up again because after a couple of listens, I'm not the best with song names yet. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you listen to an album like and you're across the room, you can't see the names yeah. of the songs. But there were a couple specifically like um, we'd already heard, uh, you know, Paradise and Flames and mm -hmm. Heads Up and stuff like that. But I think when we got to um, Locked was one of my favorites. Oh, um, cool. Locked. Then, yeah, the, <laughs> that was a funny song for and us. Then, and then later in the album, too. Um, right back to back, I remember, I think when A World in Tears came on, that was one of the moments when I just went to check and make sure it was still the same <laughs> album. And then Loco Loco after that. Like, seriously, yeah. I I don't want to sit here and like feed your ego, but the album is so good and you guys should oh. be so proud of what you've released. Thank you so much, um, honestly. Like, so far, it's one of my favorite albums of the year from start to wow. finish. Oh, wow, that's so crazy because I heard, uh, I watched, we watched your reactions. We love your reactions. Oh, thank you. Uh, like, honestly, one of the like best reactions of us. We, we always really watch all of them. Oh, and well, um, it, really, because you, you look at so many details and it's so cool to watch as an artist to get noticed and so many things being noticed. And I remember you said that you're uh, in one reaction, you, you said you're going to pre-order the album. And then I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, because oh, yeah. I, I was so ex excited and almost like nervous because I, I'm like always scared to disappoint people. I don't know. But uh, we were <laughs> we were happy with the album. Uh, but always we are so I think or I am so, so critical with myself. And I'm like, I don't know, like I never learned how to do albums or I think nobody ever really learned how to do that. Yeah. So I just, or we just put together what we feel like and what we think and what makes sense story-wise. And I actually thought about the order of the songs and um, therefore I was a little um, nervous or like I, I was, I didn't know if people are gonna understand what I was going for with this order or like be confused with the, all the sounds. And we had a few songs we were a little scared of, like Loco Loco is so crazy and all over the place. I love and we're it. like, <laughs> it's so cool that people like it or yeah. like that you like it because we were like, is this too crazy to put on our album? But we just went for it. We went for everything. And also World in Tears, uh, we were a little scared to release that, especially after releasing uh, heavier songs for the first time. We're like, mm -hmm. Are we gonna drop this now? Can we do this? But we have to. We 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 just did it. We we made the song a song, and um, I'm I'm glad that people pick it up nicely or like actually like the diversity of the album because it could have went gone yeah it could have gone in complete opposite way, and yeah. people go like what is this like uh, I want metal and I want straight metal but we're we're just not that and I think that's our band and that's what defines us is that we will always be genre open and sound mm -hmm. open. And it's so nice to hear that people actually like it then. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some people like that. I mean, I'll admit when I was younger, I was that person that I was so into metal mm. that 
you know, if there was a full album I was listening to and then, you know, uh, like like a metal band throws in a random softer song with acoustic guitars or something, I'd be like, what is this? And I'd <laughs> skip it, you know, but now that I'm now that I'm older, yeah, you know, especially the first time I get an album, I like to sit back here and just really listen and take it all in. And what you brought up with the order of the songs is interesting because I, I found that was one of the hardest things to do when I was in a band, when we did our mm. first full album. When it comes down to the mastering and figuring out what order of the songs you want to be, I mean, we sat in a studio together with our producer for probably at least a few hours, if I remember right, just being like, no, this song needs to go here, although mm -hmm. this one might feed into this one better. And there's a lot of time that goes into that that, you know, uh, the order of the songs can really either be great for the flow of an album or really mess it up. And I think yeah. what you guys came up with is great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's so that's so good to hear. Yeah, we, I think we changed it if, uh, one or two songs because I I like showed them one like playlist that I liked and then we kind of switched one or two songs. But in the end, um, because they didn't, I think they didn't like Fever as a final song, mm -hmm. uh, for example. But to me, um, I said it's really really important to me to have a positive outcome from this album because. All of it was on my mind when I did this order because I also wanted to have a lyrical experience or like a like a curve almost like a, yeah. like this kind of curve that you start with like aggression it goes a little deeper and lower and sadder even and then you go back up with your energy and that's again our message for Future Palace is like let's keep hoping let's let's keep our energy up and let's keep hoping for a better future and this is like the jump out of the album with a nice positive happy, almost dancey, uh, Euro yeah. poppy feeling to it. But that's what I wanted everyone to feel like in the end, almost like a movie. It's it's like this with big, great movies. You go through like excitement, then you have like the down phase right before the climax of the movie. But in the end, most people like happy endings. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, it's not because of that reason, but it's similar. I kind of thought about it like a like a story or like a like a movie or something. Like what I think, would I want to feel? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it was it was funny though because when I finished the album last night, listening to it, my I have my Spotify on continuous, so it'll just go. It'll pick something random and turn it on next. So mm -hmm. right after Fever finished, like. Spheres of Madness by Decapitated came on or something. And I was just like, wow, this is a lot different. <laughs> yes, yes. I think even if you would repeat the album and then Paradise comes up again, that would also be a big contrast probably. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's funny because it's a really different song for us. But I, I thought about the emotion I want to give people when they finish the album. And yeah, it's and cool that's, to hear that it works. And that's great. And one of the things that I've, I've seen people talk about, and even for me, it kind of reminded me of it. Um, you know, when people listen to music, there's kind of a nostalgic effect where when somebody hears a new band, it may remind them of another band they really mm -hmm. like or used to listen to. So I've seen a lot of comparisons um, to you guys, and more specifically with your voice, to like Paramore and Flyleaf and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Were those just out of curiosity? Are like Haley? Is that like an influence for you, or is that yeah. just coincidence? <laughs> no, it's funny that it's actually these both bands because mostly I hear more heavier bands being compared to really? my voice, like because I scream probably. And um, but yeah, I can't can't deny that. But when I was like younger, around 16, 15, I was a big, big, big fan of. Paramore and Flyleaf and also later on Paris actually oh, yeah. and I think these bands just um, inspired me and it's kind of funny because first when I was even younger I didn't really like many vocal femalists and rock 
in the rock genre and it was really hard for me to like Paramore in the beginning I it took me a while and then when I was in there I was really really inspired especially because she's such a crazy talented singer mm -hmm. and um, I watched so many live gigs of her and um, a friend of mine even uh, gave me the live DVD as a present for my I think like 17th or 16th birthday and of course it just makes sense that it might influence my voice at the end of the day but not only I also really really like pop music and for example Christina Aguilera was also a big big idol for me or Avril nice. Lavigne and um or Demi Lovato many 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 different artists and singers and uh, I just really really like great performers and singers it's just yeah. a weakness of mine yeah. and yeah Flyleaf also a bit not as much as Paramore probably because I've even seen them live and um yeah i was a big fan back then like really really big fan i mean i even have their album here like after laughter oh yeah it's, it's, <laughs> so yeah i mean it's funny because i i try really hard not to make comparisons because every mm -hmm. band is unique and different and you know they have yeah. their own thing but i can i i could hear it when people were saying it. i even told my wife when i was telling them about your band she's like oh what do they sound like before she heard it and i was like uh heavy paramore like yeah i would say funny. i would say heavy paramore and mm -hmm. But the 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 one thing that I love that I could also attribute to a band like Paramore is, like I said earlier, the how relatable the lyrics are. You know, a mm. lot of us when we were younger went through our. Even though I I, I don't like to I didn't like to admit it back then because I was a metalhead when I was a teenager. Yeah, there were I, I loved some emo bands like <laughs> loved them because yeah, the lyrics you can like you can really especially at that age as a teenager. Mm -hmm. You can really relate to a lot of those lyrics and get into it. Yeah. And with lyrics like yours, I would imagine that there's at least one song on this album for anybody. Like somebody can hear your storytelling and be like, I've been in that same place. I, I know that feeling. I mean, even me listening to some of these songs, I was like, yep, mm -hmm. I've been in that's that so toxic cool. relationship. I, mm -hmm. I know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's great yeah. to hear because also for me to hear that, it also it doesn't only make the people listening to it feel less lonely. Also, it's so cool for me to see I'm not alone with these stories. Uh, so many people go through so many things and it's just mm -hmm. a help-help situation at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's so, so cool to hear. And yeah, uh, by the way, when you just said this Paramore thing, I uh, remember in the beginning, I, I understand why you don't want to make comparisons because I feel I feel like as a female singer, uh, for me in the beginning, it was even annoying being compared so much to like Paramore because yeah. sometimes people, when they don't know other things, will just take the first female fronted band they know and then yeah. compare you to them. And that was my thing. I always, I never wanted to sound like her or never wanted to copy her at all. It was just, I was a big fan back then, but I feel like we still have like different um, things in our voice and I tr for try sure. to be more like a little more different and I always I just make want to make sure that people don't think that we're like a copy band or like well, stuff like that but it's still I a compliment I, I wouldn't say that because the, at the end of the day any musician is influenced by somebody else whether it's yeah, a vocalist absolutely. or a guitar player or a drummer there's people yeah. like uh recently I was talking to Mark from Cardivox Academy on YouTube who also is in Kardashev and I actually did a vocal lesson with him because I used to oh, do vocals cool. in a band and I just wanted to wow. learn more about what I was doing. And, you know, I kind of told him, I feel like I've never found my own voice. I'm very mm -hmm. good at mimicking somebody else and being mm -hmm. able to do that style. And he goes, yeah, but that's how vocalists develop. Most vocalists sure. find the people that they like and they try to imitate that style and then they eventually develop their own thing. And yeah. 
I, I mean, I feel like while I I can understand the the Paramour comparisons and references, mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much more than that though, because there were a couple times on the album too where it's like your your harsh vocals just come out of nowhere. Like there was <laughs> there was one song that I was listening to where it was like cleans the whole way through, and I'm like, oh wow, we might not get any harshes here, and then out of nowhere, it's just a, qu- <laughs> a quick phrase of harsh vocals, but then yeah. it's back to clean. And I feel like that's so cool on that album where it like it just kind of attacks you out of nowhere for a second and then it go it gets back to the clean vocals and it's just yeah. it keeps you on your on your feet like it's it's very cool yeah um that's so cool here yeah i i i just i, I one more time before <laughs> i feel like i'm saying too much just <laughs> you, you guys should be very proud of this and thank you it's and this is only your your second studio album yeah i feel like this this still feels like a first one for us because the first actual album was like my first album ever and like to ever release as an artist and mm-hmm. the the guys before Manuel did an album with his old band already and for me this was such a first time experience and we didn't know each other that long so it felt so fresh and new and also working with the producer for the first time and now for a run it was like a second time but it all felt more comfortable more experienced and we took a little more time for it and made a plan for it and all of that because yeah. for escape we didn't even know that it's going to be an album for the first singles we released because that was our first time starting out as a band yeah and then run was a little more like yeah all more planned i would say yeah so it still feels super fresh and new to us yeah and in the grand scheme of things you guys are a, are a very new band and mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've seen in the last few months for uh, mostly because of the singles and stuff that are coming out, like a lot more attention. And right now, especially the German music scene, in my opinion, right now is just there's just band after band coming out that is so good. And I think you guys are in a very good spot with a rising empire just because my perception and what I see, they are signing so many good bands right now with so mm-hmm. many different um so many different sounds like you've got your super heavy bands with a rising empire for sure yeah but then we've got bands coming out like you guys and black toothed and now i've mm-hmm. heard the new floya stuff recently and it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot of vibe there's a lot of vibe yeah. on that label and i really think what they're doing right now is really cool yeah it's a little it's more diverse i think than mm-hmm. probably some other labels and yeah, it's it's interesting that they even signed us with our first songs with with Escape uh, because it was so soft. And uh, listening back to a few songs, I'm like, wow, that's actually funny that we're signed or we're signed a no, are signed at a metal label with this kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And um, therefore, we weren't that scared going heavier for a run because we know that's where we're signed at. That's where that's what they should have expected from us before already and they didn't know they didn't even ask us they're like of course you do scream now like you you go heavier now we're like yeah so that should work (laughs) should work even better actually and yeah that's it it worked better than before so but yeah it's so cool that they're open yeah how did you start developing your harsh vocals was it something you always wanted to do or was it like uh hey let's try this and see how it works um i did it when i was younger already when i was about like 16 15 something like that and as you just mentioned flyleaf uh, a friend back then showed me flyleaf um a female friend and she's like look at that i wish i could scream like that or i wish i could do this and i didn't listen to heavy music back then besides maybe like a little lincoln park and 30 yeah. seconds to mars which is like really small screaming amount compared to other bands and then i was like wow a female's doing it that's so cool and the song was i'm so sick and at some yep. point i just tried to scream along and it sounded 
horrible, but um, that's when I first developed it. And then I was in my first band back then and we did a few songs with these screams in there uh, once in a while, like a few words. And yeah, that's we, we kind of did like post-rock songs when I screamed and stuff like that. More artsy, I would say. Or yeah. we tried to be artsy. We thought we're artsy, we weren't, I think. But uh, yeah, and that's the first time I did it. And it didn't really develop after that because I kind of, when I was like 20, stopped doing it for a few years. And I'm now 25 and I just started doing it again last year or at the end of the year before that. And I was like, I remember I, I, I can do this. Like technically I know like I, I like my, it's unlocked. Let's say like this, the level is unlocked of screaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not good, but I, I know how to make the sound. And from that on, I just listened to the songs we wrote for um, Escape, oh God, Run Already. And um, I listened to them and I was like, this just needs screams. And I just screamed over it and it sounded shitty, I think, but I sent it over to the guys and they're like, or waited for their approval and they thought it's really cool and we should go heavier also. And from that point on, I started like practicing and practicing every day and I'm still practicing to this day. And I think there's still a lot for me to learn um, with my screams, but I already developed them um, so much and got so much better at it, I think the last year. And also after touring now, um, yeah, I just really understand how, how it works and how I should warm up and how long I can do it. But yeah, that's kind of how it went. Have you taken any serious vocal lessons or is pretty much everything you do, you just self-taught and just did it? Um, most, for the most time of my life, it was self-taught. I think until I was like about 20, 21. And at that point i started studying music actually i was um i first did music production then i switched to popular music just did that for four semesters so it's not that long um oh i don't know if that's long i just didn't finish it <laughs> i'd say like that yeah. <laughs> i think it's pretty long actually um i mean four semesters just... here would be two years yeah and it's yeah. just a three year that's so sad because uh i would have finished after three years but you have to do your bachelor thesis and stuff like that and i would have been like i don't know a bachelor of arts or music i don't know but yeah. i didn't do that it was also it cost money and usually here in germany you don't uh, pay money for studying so i was doing something really um yeah not normal <laughs> for germany yeah. it's like that but it was worth it to me because that was my first time having vocal lessons and i always kind of wanted to have them because i never had money for it honestly and um that was so nice to finally get the attention and time on my voice and i took like personal vocal lessons or i got them every week um but it's funny because my teacher wasn't a rock singer at all like not at all she taught me things she couldn't do which is pretty impressive oh wow and um yeah but we didn't do heavy like heavy screaming or like distorted singing it was just really working on my higher voice and yeah, it was interesting for me to see if I'm doing things right. And most of the things were funnily right already. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I don't have to relearn everything. And yeah, I also had like group vocal lessons actually in there. So I think this really, really, really helped shaping up everything. And um, yeah, really, really helped me to improve as a musician, artist and songwriter, because I learned so much in there about songwriting and also like the technical stuff i didn't know anything about it before like how a microphone is built how it works physic like the physics behind it mm -hmm. um i'm not that that smart with it like i wouldn't <laughs> don't don't think i'm that good with it because i said i studied music not at yeah. all i think anybody who, who just is interested in that stuff is probably with the same knowledge but yeah that's when it really really helped me and after that i never took a lesson again um 
but yeah I, maybe i will again or like look up a coach at some point when i notice i have issues life or so but yeah that really 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 gave me a big step for for my vocals i think yeah vocal lessons were so wild to me because um as i said i did a i did a vocal lesson recently with mark from cardivox and in my head because he specializes in harsh vocals in my head, I was just like, oh, cool. I'm going to do a lesson with him and he's going to teach me how to scream really good. Like mm -hmm. I just had that naive like approach to it. Yeah. And I didn't think about all the things that go into it. So the first lesson I actually did with him, um, he had me scream once just so he could hear it. And he goes, okay, you, you sound as though everything's good. Like you're not damaging anything. It's, you know, it's good. So, but he goes, today we're going to work, work, work on breathing. And yeah. our whole entire lesson was him literally teaching me how to like correctly breathe and hold air. And I'm just like, wow, this is so wild because those are things that, you know, when I was in a band, I was a bass player. I never mm -hmm. thought about those things. And when yeah. I was, when I was doing background vocals and screaming for my band, I just did it. I just walked yeah. up to the mic and just did it. Yeah. Um, so vocals, I'm more impressed by vocals now than I ever have been. And especially yeah. in the time that we're in right now with, um, so many outlets like YouTube to see people do stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're seeing an explosion of just wild vocalists right now. And yeah. I'll just use like Will from Lorna Shore as, as an example. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to metal since I was like 10 years old. And yeah, it's so cool. There, Will is like what he can do with his sounds is I can think of maybe like two other people I've ever heard that can even get close to doing that. And, mm -hmm. you know, the charismatic voice on YouTube recently did a video where they flew out Will and they went to a vocal specialist and they put a camera down his throat. I don't oh, know yeah. if you saw that. I uh, I didn't <sighs> watch it, but I, I somebody watched it when I was in the room and I just listened to it. And I was like, oh, that's probably looking at the vocal cords because I could tell from the like dialogue they had. It, and it, yeah, I did that. We had that in school. We looked at the vocal cords or like videos of it. And when you do different no noises, how it's disgusting. <laughs> it's honestly like disgusting what they do, but it's impressive. The thing that I thought was crazy about the Will situation though, was that while it was, it was that the nasal camera where it kind of goes up and aims down like that. Mm -hmm. um, it was with um, one of the scientists that was a part of it was um, Ingo, um, oh, I'm blanking out on his last name, but he's one of the world's like leading vocal researchers, like in terms of cool. the science. And he said he's never seen stuff like will will's really? vocal cords when he does um when he does a specific style of screaming his vocal cords become kind of asymmetrical and the folds kind of do this into each other mm -hmm. it's it was the weirdest thing to see on camera and then mm -hmm. to hear these vocal scientists like this is like we've never seen this mm -hmm. like it's it's so wild the science behind all that man and I, I just find vocals that much more impressive now because, you know, we've we've seen a lot lately. And, you know, I, I feel as though with a lot of bands, sometimes the vocalists overshadow everybody else in the band. <laughs> it's especially mm -hmm. like I'll use Slaughter to Prevail as a perfect example. Like Alex Terrible from Slaughter, that's all anybody talks about. But his, <laughs> his actual band is so good and there are parts i was going to use you guys as, as an example there were parts on the album where i just heard such cool musical pieces that i was like you know 
I'm I'm the kind of person that when I listen to an album, I like to listen to it multiple times so I can focus mm -hmm. on specific things. Yeah. And um, even past just the guitar and drum work, I mean, there's well and bass. Even though you guys don't have a bass player, <laughs> Manu did that. Yeah. He played that. Yeah. So shout out to him again uh, <laughs> for it, two instruments. We we joke about that on my channel now. I always I'm like <laughs> it's like bass players are becoming endangered. Like everybody just records in the studio. I don't know why everybody is doing it because we just did it because we were just three people. We didn't yeah. think about it. Like we didn't plan it or knew it was a trend or anything. It's just we're three people and that's hard enough to find three people that want to make this a living or like go for the stream because it's crazy insane and so much work. And the more people you get, the harder it will get as well. Yep. And uh, that's why we started out and are still just three people. And it works so well. And I'm so happy that it works because people are, I think, the most um complicated thing about this career it's a working with people <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like everything in life it's humans i 100 percent agree yeah. and, and uh yeah and i i want to i want to talk to you about you guys forming the band but uh power wolf said that it's, they've never had a bass player and mm -hmm. it's like they said it perfectly uh one of their guitar players did an interview once and they're like why don't you have a bass player he's like well i record all of it in the studio and our chemistry that we have together and the way things work as it is right now, mm -hmm. why would we bring another person in to possibly change up yeah. that chemistry when it's already, and that's, it's a perfect way yeah. to put it. If it's working, exactly. don't add anybody. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly why we do that. The only thing we would maybe in the future um, do is get somebody we know and take them for some live gigs if we want to try that yeah. out. That'd be an option for us, but everything works out and we're really sure that we don't need another full, like band member, like a real band member. Because yeah. everything works out and as I said, it's already hard enough. As you can tell, just relationships are already mm -hmm. hard enough and you're just two people. And it's the same thing with a band. It's honestly just like a relationship. Not not the romantic parts, but it's so similar. You have to like learn so much about each other, take so much care, talk so much. And yeah, and then you're also like work partners. So many things like you, you spend so much time together. It's honestly crazy. And you see how many bands change their members and break up and whatever. And we just really want to make it work. And that's that's the reason. So same reason. I, I totally get that. And it's not because we don't like bass at all. And, yeah. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like that. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, the same thing can be said for um, roadies and crew members, too. I mm -hmm. People, uh, we were talking about this on stream yesterday on, on Twitch. Somebody was asking what makes a good roadie and I always, there's kind of a joke in the industry is, is being on a crew. Your job as a roadie is 40% of it is like knowing your actual job and handling things well. And the other 60% of it is your personality. Because yeah. when you go on yeah. tour, you have to live in a bus with all these other people. Mm -hmm. I've been on tours where we have had some of the best crew guys I've ever seen at their jobs, like phenomenal audio engineers, lighting directors, stuff like that. They're, they're better than everybody, but their yeah. personalities uh, are terrible. They're mm. miserable people and they won't last because even if a person is that good at their job, do you want yeah. that miserable person with you mm. all the time to drag down everybody else? No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's so important. And me after just experiencing my first time, like on a nightliner, I will totally say yes to that because if some person just kills the vibe, it's so hard to keep going. It's mm -hmm. so hard to keep going and it will tear down everybody. You're just like, ugh, it feels forced at some point or like 
it's just the same at a workplace. I think people get it that is. when there's like somebody who's just not nice and genuine to you, you're just like, oh, I don't want to go there. No matter how nice the job is sometimes, you're like, yeah. I really don't want to go there when the person's like this and they don't enjoy what they're doing. They don't have respect for the others. And that's so important when you're with people. You just, that's the really the number one thing, I think, just being a nice person or trying yeah. to be at least. Especially on those nightliners or on a tour bus in the States, like, I mean, I've told people, well, I say it jokingly, but it's not a joke. Yeah. There are, there are people that I've literally spent more time with because I've toured with them than I have with my wife since we've been yeah. married because yes, we're I... always around each other. And, you know, you get to know personalities and the, the, the truth is even on tour, it's impossible for everybody to like each other. Yeah. There, there are people that I've toured with on a regular basis that I just, I, I personally don't like. I can, yeah. I can work, <laughs> I can work well with them. I can, because it's the job, yeah. but I would never hang out with this person off yeah. tour or anything like that. And that's, I think that's where a certain level of professionalism comes in. It's like, okay, you don't like this person, but for the sake of the job, you can at least get along and do your job good and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it, it becomes a problem when you start getting those people that are just constantly clashing and having that bad attitude that drags everybody down. I mean, we had yeah. a, we had a uh, situation on a tour I was on where we had a crew member that just, I mean, it was unanimous. Like everybody on our crew was miserable around this person because Aww. they're just so negative and stuff. And at one point, the artist I was working for fired them and got somebody new. Yeah. And the band that we were opening for on tour told us like, you could see a 100% change in all of your guys' attitudes wow. and demeanor just from removing that one person you guys were like yeah. a completely happy new group of people yes that's so insane that's yeah. so, but that shows how important that is mm -hmm. and then as long as you have the power of deciding and changing that up you should totally use it because that yeah. can make up so much energy and uh bad days and that's so important to keep your energy going because yeah, yeah also when you're professional it's still hard at some point to just yeah. like feed it in yourself you have to kind of at some point try to talk about it or something if it's too hard yeah um so doing reactions one of the one of the hardest things uh sometimes is finding information on bands mm -hmm. and especially a band like future palace um i think the first first one or two reactions i did to you guys it was a little difficult to find out background information because you are a newer band yeah so i was curious um how did the three of you find each other and start the band? Yeah, uh, true. That's I don't think it's on many um, sources on the internet. <laughs> um, but we just met. It's not that like spectacular, but we met through a mutual friend, and uh, they have uh, been in a band before, and I was in a band, and that's uh, we always call it like it was almost like an affair or something like that, but not like that. But it, <laughs> it would be like similar if you put it in a romantic context, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, we, we, we met through this mutual friend and we did a feature together or tried to do it. We never released it, funnily, and um, noticed that we work really well together. It was Manuel and I who met first and mm -hmm. noticed that musically it works so well. And also as humans, we got along really, really well. And um, yeah, then we decided to start a side project. And that's the affair, I like to call. And that's also how the band name was formed, because um, Manuel then started a WhatsApp chat called Future Palace. Because in the future, this is going to be our like palace, our yeah. 
thing. He was in England a lot back then, so he read a lot of Palace stuff. <laughs> and he's like, future Palace, whatever, what's up, Chad? <laughs> and it's funny that we took this name in the end because we really thought about many different names. We're like, no, let's let's stay with future Palace because that's that's just actually exactly... an, that's actually an awesome story. Thanks. That's really that's <laughs> no, that's that's way cooler of a, a band name origin story than a lot that I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks. It's just so casual. It's yeah. just really how it was. And that's that's how we met. Yeah, we kind of, it was hard for us to end the other bands we had before, but we really wanted to focus on this 100% or even 200%. And yeah, I was in this band eight years that I had that I had before. And it was really hard for me to quit this band and actually wrote a song, Parted Ways is about this. Um, one of our songs is oh. about just quitting the band actually. Which wasn't easy, but um, yeah, we made everything was the right choice. And yeah, I think we met in like 2000, yeah, 2018, I think we just met. Yeah. And then we also already went into the studio in this year. And that proves a lot because with the other bands, nothing against all the people, it had nothing to do with anyone personal, but we never made it to that point that we just did in a, one year. In yeah. one year, we did so much and it's so insane also for us because they've been in bands before. But sometimes when a combination of people just works, it just works. And that's honestly what it yep. is because everybody has a such an important role in this band and everybody gives the band something. So it's nobody is doing nothing ever. It's anybody yeah. like all of us are always trying their best. And yeah, that's how we got together. And that's how we are still together. I've, I've said that many times on my channel. There's something you can take five random people to play instruments and put them in a band together. Yeah. But there's something magical about finding at chance, the right combination of people for a specific mm -hmm. band. And when you get that special lineup where all of those people are tailored to be in that band together, it's a, a wild thing to see and it's mm -hmm. it's something to, to hold on to because that does not happen much you know exactly yeah. with with bands over the years you see members changing out new members coming in but sometimes you can see when it happens and i like to like right now i'll go back to lorna shore as an example mm -hmm. um they've had multiple vocalists with their band they've had multiple band members in the band people changing out over the years but right now like once will joined their band as their new singer I don't, I, I told people cause somebody was like, oh, so do you think Will makes or breaks that band? And my answer to that is no. What I think happened is you found the missing puzzle piece of that mm -hmm. perfect combination of people to be in that band together. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, super exactly. cool. Yeah, you have to work together, balance each other out. And mostly it's like people not really committing to the thing or like being mm -hmm. too scared of it. And it is hard to find people that are willing to go in this crazy scary direction and we're so lucky to have um, Johannes our drummer in the band because he's a booker or he's been a booker for years already and he has so much knowledge about the scene uh, in Germany especially that this helped us out so much because we had like a a guide through this time of dark like not darkness in a negative way but we didn't know anything we didn't know mm -hmm. a thing and of course he knew more he still didn't know everything but he knew so much more than just a casual person could know and because he was in the business already and yeah that just helped us to make decisions not maybe yeah. open doors but it helped us so much to make decisions and the right decisions because i think to this point we just work with the right people always and nice people nobody wanted anything bad from us and that is so cool that we made these decisions and didn't get fooled by somebody or like some label that wants to fool you and just take the money out of you. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's so cool to, to have somebody in the group. And he's also a manager 
And uh, that's so cool because we're just the three of us managing us. And yeah. we're also working together with Connor. He's also such a cool guy. He just joined recently. I don't know if you, you know him probably from, he's now in Tandem Management. I, I know of him. I don't know him personally. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. But he's a really nice guy. So I mean, I've met, I haven't met him in real person, but so far, <laughs> everything we've done is really cool. So once again, he was also a great addition also as a human being. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, really, really cool if that works out. Yeah. And it's, it always helps when you have somebody in your bands that has some kind of, you know, background in something else that can help the band. Mm -hmm. Like, you yeah. know, look at, um, everybody always right now, especially everybody always talks highly about like electric cowboys music videos and how crazy they are. It's like, mm -hmm. well, their guitar player owns a video production company with his brother. Like they do mm -hmm. all of their own videos mm -hmm. and not to say that nobody else can, can, not do the same job, but there's a little more care that goes into it when it's your band and you're yes. doing something like, um, Sabaton too, self-managed. They've like mm. completely, I mean, and they're an arena level band wow. and their bass player manages their band. Like, it's so, so crazy. Yeah. So it can, it can be done. And yeah, another good example of that too is, um, Bloodywood from India. Like they, they blew up in the last couple of years and I got to know their guitar player really well. And he was telling me recently, he's like, we've had so many offers from management firms and labels and stuff, but he goes, you know, you've been around the industry. I just, I'm curious, should we sign with a manager? And I was like, mm -hmm. I mean, it all depends on what you want to get out of it. And he's like, well, yeah. I guess my question is, what is a manager going to do for us that we haven't already done to this point? And I was like, that's the question. Yeah. Like, do you want to give a percentage of your income to somebody else to possibly do what you're already doing yourself? Good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but it's, it's a lucky thing to have some, someone who, who knows how to do that because yes. it is so much work and I see it for Johannes as well. Cause sometimes we don't even know what he's doing. Cause he's doing all these emails and stuff like that and reaching out to many, many people, but I see how much he's doing and he is doing a 40 plus, like 40 hour job in a week as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what you said earlier, all of us are working and we're like a crazy constellation and you really have to burn for it. You really need to love it. And, um, that's so hard to find. And yeah. I'm so happy that I found people that are just as passionate as me because I always knew that this is what I want to do. And I yeah. just wanted to make it work somehow and get people that have the same energy or like drive as I do. Like that wanted just as bad as I do. Yep. And yeah. And like you said, that's hard to find because I've been in multiple bands and it's usually there's, there's always like, you know, there's always one person that just isn't as dedicated as everybody else is. And yeah. that's usually when you see, like we, when I was in a band years ago, before I started working for bands, we, our thing was drummers. I don't know yeah. what it was, but the, the, the rest of us, like myself, our singer and our two guitar players were fully all in dedicated to the band. And within a one year period, we went through five drummers. Oh shit. Like, oh man, we just yeah. could not find a person that had that same level of intensity for what we were doing that mm -hmm. just, you know, that's, it's a funny thing, man. It's like everybody wants that rock star lifestyle, but they don't know about the work, the, the yes, reality of is, the work that goes into it. It's so little rock star. I think yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm always like surprised how little, like, I, I wonder how do people even still act rock star when they're yeah. just, you have to be so structured and, um, 
Also on tour, I was like, how do people even drink here? Because I have to protect my voice every freaking night. I can't even talk after the show. And I was like, this is like not Rockstar at all. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I, I toured some of the things I've seen band members do to keep themselves in good shape on the road is wild. Like one of the first tours I ever did working for a band, the singer for the band that I was working for uh, would not talk the entire tour once tour started. Mm. He Shit, wouldn't literally, wow. he wouldn't talk unless he was on stage, like, because wow, he wanted okay, to protect intense. his voice. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that um, we had to get good at reading his lips, because like, <laughs> he wouldn't talk. He would literally just yeah. mime to us, and uh, we'd make up stuff. And <laughs> I'd like walk into the front lounge and be like, be like, hey, Mike, how you doing today? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay and then i'd like make up something that he didn't say and he'd be like, <laughs> like <laughs> that is so, so funny oh that's he, that's so hard yeah but if you love talking like i love talking i talk so same. much if i if i like people i think yeah that's maybe why we do what we do yeah. <laughs> um and it's so hard and that's my way to socialize with people that's mm -hmm. my way to get comfortable with them i i just like talking and it was I didn't know before that I had to be quiet at some points. Yeah. And I, I just learned my own limits with my voice because I would go on stage, I would scream, I would do all of that. We just had two days break from our first tour and then we did the tour with and it's okay. So and that after two years of nothing. Yeah. Of just yeah, okay, recording, but nothing like live. And that was so intense because right after I always went to the merch store and talked and talked to the people. And on the bus, I talked and sang along to like the music. And yeah. I was like, at, and then the one show was happening where my voice was like leaving. And I'm like, <gasps> and then people told me like, yeah, you have to like be quiet after the show at least. And I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? Like, <laughs> It's actually have... funny, like 20 minutes ago in this conversation, I was thinking to myself while you were talking, I was like, this is awesome to have somebody that talks this much on here because yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times, I mean, my, my viewers on YouTube and stuff, give me a hard time. Like we joke that I talk too much, but it's hard to do these podcasts when you have somebody quiet because uh, people think mm -hmm. I'm talking too much, but what I'm really trying to do is drive the conversation into something interesting for them to <laughs> want to talk about. So it's nice to actually be able to ask you something and just let you go. <laughs> Oh, no, you could just put me in a room and I could still talk. Like, Same. I, I used to do YouTube back then. Uh, yeah. Like, or since I'm 14, I did YouTube and you're just talking alone to yeah. camera. So you, I really, I don't even, I can just, it's crazy. My I, wife, I just, go, oh, go yeah. ahead and then I'll tell you. <laughs> See, no, I, uh, I, but I, one thing, I, I don't talk that much when I don't like people. That's the only thing. Like, of course, I think that's normal. When yeah. you notice somebody just doesn't like listening to you, I think you get more quiet, but... Besides that, I can talk like a waterfall, like nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm stealing. I can talk like a waterfall. That's great. <laughs> That's a German uh, saying. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wasserfall, like a waterfall. You talk yeah. like a. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I my... didn't know that it's not a saying in English. <laughs> no, no. My dad always joked when I was a kid. He said I started talking when I was like a little past one years old. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you haven't shut up since. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, so that's cool. But yeah, it's my wife always laughs because um, when I'm streaming on Twitch, it's different. I see people are talking in chat and I can interact with people and that that mm -hmm. that's different. But when you sit here and film a YouTube video in front of a camera by yourself, it's so funny because there are some videos that I make um, 
reactions in particular, when I do intros, I always do one take. Like I don't cut up my videos. Yeah. Um, it's three parts. It's an intro, it's the reaction part and an outro. And all of those I do in one take. Now, the reaction part is always one and done. Like I can't redo that. There's been videos that I've actually scrapped because like I've been an idiot Mm. And I thought I hit record and then I film a reaction and then I realized yeah. I didn't record and I'm like, I can't do it again because no, I'm never going to have that real. same reaction ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my intros, sometimes they take a few times because mm -hmm. there's a lot of information to retain. Like I try and remember dates and names of albums yeah. and stuff and I always try and do that. So there's been times where I've sat back here just for it's taken like an hour to do an intro my wife can oh, yeah. hear me through the door half the time mm. and she's Ooh. out there laughing because she'll <laughs> i'll be on like my 10th take and i'll get to the end and i'll and sometimes i don't even say um the wrong thing you just get tongue-tied and you mm -hmm. stutter or something and then she'll hear me just back here like fuck <laughs> and then i'll just start over and i i know that so well because yeah. as i said i did youtube for many years and in English, I never done them in German or mostly in English. And that's even harder for me because I am German, obviously. And then after speaking German the entire week, then I did a YouTube video and I'm like, oh, I can't speak English. <laughs> like I suck. And also like a few weeks ago or months ago, I did something for a radio, I think, in the USA. And um, I had to do it in English, like radio introductions and stuff yeah. like that. And just to have a normal sentence, like a normal human being, it took me like so much freaking time. <laughs> I just, it didn't work all the time. I had to redo it, redo it like a psychopath. <laughs> it's like, that's, oh yeah, I know that so well. That's one of the funny things for me to watch artists do on tour, because mm. um, especially if you're working for a band that's heavy with radio. So before the pandemic, I worked for a country band for like five years or a country artist in Nashville. And it's they, country music. They don't give a shit about album sales. It's all about radio singles. Oh, that's wow. it. So it's who's going to have a number one radio single. So wow. every day the artist I was working for would have to do phoners and liners for the radio. Oh, wow. And I've, I've sat and watched him like 20 times in a row. Just been <laughs> like, Hey, this is so-and-so and you're listening to, Oh, I forgot who this is for. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, uh, your focus also drifts uh, at some point. Yeah. And yeah, I totally get that. But I, I, could, I feel like it gets easier after time. Well, I couldn't imagine being like bilingual. Are there any other languages you know other than German or English? Yeah, I had to do Spanish in school. But oh, okay. uh, I mean, technically, I even have like a B2 level or something mm -hmm. in Spanish. But no, like I, I understand it a few like a few things. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. And then I, because I am a big lover for anime in Japan, I know a few like vocabularies in yeah. Japanese, but yeah, I think the third language would be Spanish, but I wouldn't really count that in. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, when I was in school, um, like high school level in the States, we were offered Spanish or French. Mm, and yeah, mostly same. And French. for me, Spanish made more sense because we do have um, a very large Spanish speaking population in the US. Yeah. So I was like, this is something I'll use. So I actually got very good at it. I used it cool. a lot. I used it a lot after high school. But then for like the past 15 years, I've yes. never been in situations where I've had to use it. So yes, yeah, same. I can still read and write some of it. And I know certain phrases like I can ask for things like my wife and I have gone to Mexico a couple times for festivals we've done for touring but 
I, I couldn't speak it fluently. Yeah. And I also, got yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, because you said Mexico, they have a different accent there because mm -hmm. the, the back then husband or ex-husband of my sister, he was Mexican. And I learned Spanish at the time when they were there in Germany. And I spoke Spanish to him that what I learned and some things we couldn't understand because yeah. the, the accent was so different. And, so that's and, and the accent and some of the just regional dialect, like for example, um, I had a couple students in my class that were Mexican and grew up speaking Spanish and they like almost failed the class because Whoa. they were like, the way that they're teaching this is not like how we grew up speaking it. It's a completely, mm. the slang is different. The dialect is different. So wow. I got to imagine too, with me learning German right now. And like I said, we've got a lot of German followers on my discord and Twitch and YouTube and stuff. There's things that I've asked them about that they were like, well, you could just say it like this and it would be easier. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Cause that's not how it's teaching that to yeah. me. Yeah. Yes. German. I think that's with every language. Like the, the way you actually talk to each other is totally different. I like that totally different, but in German, it's so much more calm how you actually talk to each other, like on a friend level, than how it's taught. There are so many different ways to say one sentence. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And most people use the easiest way when they talk. Yeah. Like there are insane many amounts of options and it's just overkill, honestly. Like <laughs> yeah. nobody talks this way. I mean, some do like, but mostly no. One of the, one of the fun things I've learned about languages too, learning German is some things are starting to make more sense to me in terms of other people learning English as well. So for example, um, I was talking to somebody that's in Germany recently and they said a phrase, I think they said, uh, you, you are guitar tech instead of mm. you are a guitar tech. Uh. But then when I learned how you were, you say that somebody is something in German, just do best, whatever, like, uh, in Duolingo, it's teaching me like, like actor, for example, it's like, do best Schauspieler. Ah, uh, yeah. There's no, there's no a sure. in there. Like there's Never no, thought about that. do best ein Schauspieler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So thinking about it that way, if somebody learns English, it makes sense to me now why they leave certain little words ah. out so it's just yeah. language is such a cool thing and i'm like so into it right now like mm -hmm. i'm one yeah, more i'm one more lesson away from my first big like checkpoint test on duolingo so really so yeah. you do duolingo for german yeah and cool i like the way that it teaches because it's basically like all mini games and i'm really i love that stuff that's so cool um but yeah, again, at the same time, it does teach it a very specific way. So where the, mm -hmm. the German friends I have, they're like, oh, you could just say it this way. And then, of course, it's not going to teach me things like swear words and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> That's the first thing you learn when you have friends from <laughs> yeah, a country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know them in Persian, actually. I have a Persian <laughs> no fe a best friend and all I remember are the curse words. <laughs> <laughs> and also for Spanish, we had one class in school that was cool when she taught us curse words, and I still yeah. remember them. <laughs> that was like yeah, like when we were when we were teenagers, our 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 Mexican friends in our class that spoke Spanish would yeah. teach us all the words that the teacher wasn't. They taught us, <laughs> taught us how to ask somebody for weed and how to swear and stuff. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so before uh, we got a little more time, I don't want to keep you too long because we talked about this beforehand, but, um. 
the record's out and you guys have been touring. I want to hear about mm -hmm. how touring's been going because somebody actually on Twitch yesterday told me to tell you, you guys killed it in Munich recently. Oh. So, Ooh, have they seen us with Ennis? Okay, probably. Or... Yeah. Okay, that's so crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I'm really, also again, really critical with myself with, yeah. with, with so many things and so many different things happened on tour. But yeah, our headline tour was really, really, really cool that we had in April. Our first ever headline tour, I wasn't expecting like 10 people in a room. I honestly didn't know how that's gonna go, like turn out because I've never done a headline tour. Didn't even understand how we we're on that. Yeah, how we can do that already. I didn't mm -hmm. understand, but I trusted Johannes. Like, okay, we have fans, whatever, yeah. And uh, so that was so insane to just have our first show, which was in Nuren Nuremberg or Nuremberg in English. Yeah, and, if you talk uh, to an American, they'd say Nuremberg. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We have like these international names for our cities, like yeah. Köln is Cologne, and yep. I don't know what to say when I speak because I'm German, but I'm just gonna use whatever both of the words. I actually said that at the house the other day. I said uh, München instead of Munich, and I think my wife was like, "What?" I was like, uh, "Munich." Sorry. Whoa! See, wow, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, we just had our first show there, and I think we had like seventy people there, and yeah. or like one hundred. I don't know. And that was the first show ever of me experiencing. We have fans actually, and that that was so insane to me. That was so insane, and I would uh, say I had a positive panic attack at that moment because <laughs> I saw the people. I just out of Corona, you know, like you had mm -hmm. so much lockdown. I had like everything was so shitty. And then you finally made this tour happen. You go in there. I just came from my like we just ate at a restaurant and then people were like 70 people looking at me and I'm like, how like they know me like what? They're not just yeah. looking at me like they know me like they like looked at me and I, I just ran into the backstage. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? In the most positive way, though. And that's when it just that that emotion is just so nice in me now, like all these shows and meeting so, so many people. And yeah, I noticed, though, that because we just had two days break, which was not planned, it was because we had to postpone the tour of NSOK so many times that both of the tours were really close to each other in the end, two days in between. Oh. And uh, that's that's that was a little exhausting because I just had my first ever like real tour and couldn't really reflect. And then I noticed that my voice, because I didn't know my voice that well, was already a little um, tired from talking because I was talking every night at the merch and stuff like that. And I really, really had to watch out for my voice uh, from that point on. I had to get like something I could inhale with. I had to do like a massage here every night and drink tea, not really talk much. And I had this fear like so many nights, like what's going with my, on with my um, voice. And funnily or not funnily, or, like surprisingly, the other bands, the singers had the same thing, even though they did like, didn't have a tour before, but it's, we heard from a doctor that it's a common thing after COVID that now when you talk so, so much after these years, that it's, that your voice is not used to it anymore and mm -hmm. it will get tired quicker than before. And now I know this and I learned so, so much from this tour. And I'm so happy that I could now rest my voice and I'm aware of that stuff. And I have things here in case it happens again, because I went to a doctor and it was actually like, not infected, but like a little like swollen or something. He's like, yeah, usually you should shut up now, but you can't. So I give <laughs> you like this medicine and try the best you can. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah. And, and I mean, I gotta imagine vocals are probably just like any other muscle. Like yeah. if you stop using it as much, it loses development and you know yeah. stuff like that i mean exactly i don't know i feel like i've when never had well 
granted i've never really sang a lot but i feel like i've never had that problem just because i talk so damn much like yeah same though i <laughs> never in my life and that's what's i get it though and i i that's what what scared me so much because i never had this problem in my life i'm like oh, what's happening yeah but when i saw the other people also having like some issues i'm like okay so this might actually be the time right now we're in but yeah now i'm aware of that and i think at the end of the tour i was able to manage it because i went to the doctor in like a, a break of the tour and then i felt more safe because I had medicine stuff like that and then I could enjoy it a little more again and but it was still such a crazy experience actually like because we, we've been in the nightliner for the first time with NSOK not for our tour but with them and just that experience on its own was so huge and crazy and so many things happening meeting so many people and actually so much happened it's insane it's like almost I feel like I had a curse on me sometimes on this tour because so many crazy things happened like the singer of the other support band said yourselves yeah. she hurt her foot on stage and actually two times the first time a um, ambulance had to come and that was just the third show of the tour oh wow and before that before she had that we um we toured for and it's okay we didn't tour with a, with our own sound engineer we didn't honestly couldn't um, there was no space, I think, in the bus or something. And so we had to use the local um, engineers. And before we played before them, before she hurt her foot, we played before them. And there was like the guy, the sound engineer, just had a blackout and muted us for a few songs. Like, And people ran there from the team of NSOK okay, and were like, what are you doing? And they're like pulling yeah. up the like the game because we were just quiet. The first song or like some songs, the, the vocals were out and the other song, the entire everything was off like i don't know Man, what happened there that's that's yeah. actually a similar story to how i got my first job on the road oh what? Um, when we were opening for a band on tour they had their own sound engineer but they didn't have their own lighting director and mm. we we did a show once where i don't know if the the lighting director was just like high or what was going on <laughs> but half the yes. show half the show he didn't have lights on Shit. And yeah. the, the mm. tour manager for the headlining band was like, man, I wish there was somebody out on this tour that knew how to run lighting. And I was like, I, ah. <laughs> I know how to run lighting. And he's like, how? I was like, because I work at a venue when we're not touring at home and I do lights. And he's like, so then they started paying me. I think it was like they gave me like 25 bucks a day to run their lighting show wow. for their. And, and at the time, and I don't know if you can relate, but like being a broke musician that's just traveling in a van with four yeah. other dudes. I was like, $25? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then eventually when the tour ended, they actually called me. Because um, I, I kind of vented to them saying that, like, I didn't know if I liked being in a band anymore anyways. Mm -hmm. It's like, I was just, I was tired of being broke all the time. I mean, mm, there were like three totally years. Totally get that. Three years of my life, I had to have had, like, no more than, like, $10 in my bank account at all times. Mm. and it gets it gets exhausting and mm. this band called me and was just like hey if you ever decide to leave your band like we'll we'll hire you to come out on tour with us mm -hmm. and i quit my band which as you brought up earlier it's a hard thing to do man even if you have a good reason you know yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a very difficult situation but i went and worked for this band and i did lighting and merchandise and that was my first start in the industry and i think my first show pay i ever got it was like $75 per show. Like, mm -hmm. so if we did four shows and, and but to, to me as like a 20 year old, that's 75 cool. bucks a day. I was like, that's I'm cool. rich. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, and no, then I it get that progressed from there. But what I've seen a lot to combat, like kind of the local audio people and stuff. Um, if you know the band you're touring with, 
just ask their sound guy if you can kick them like 50 bucks a day and have them do your sound. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah, mostly it's a little, yeah, I think we, I mean, most people do that and try that, yeah. but I think that wasn't an option uh, for that tour. But yeah, yeah now yeah. we learn from that and we want yeah. to make sure we always have somebody with us and as a sound those, engineer. Tours like, that, <laughs> tours like that are great learning experiences. You know? Absolutely. I mean, we had some good people as well on the tour, like, but that was just risky. We knew that before and that's why I was also like a little scared before each show because I didn't know if that's going to happen again. And that's nothing we had the power over. And um, yeah. But it, it worked out in the end. There was this one show that was really messed up and yeah not every location has a great sound engineer of course and yeah. other so we probably didn't sound as nice in some shows than we usually would with our we have a sound engineer but he didn't have time sadly and um yeah so just come and see us again for everybody <laughs> if you saw yeah. that show well <laughs> they'll that have, might happen. Yeah. i mean they'll, they'll have chances like we already talked about festivals and i didn't know this until right before we started but I saw you guys are doing a tour with Battle Beast soon. Yes, exactly. Oh my God. Yes, that's so crazy. That's just really, really soon happening again. And yeah. I'm still like processing this tour and I'm like, whoa, what is my life suddenly? And uh, why is everything happening so quickly? And how am I going to do this with my job? And how, wow, 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 like all of that stuff. But no, I'm really excited for that. And that's crazy because that's just my third, like fourth tour in my life. And it's also going to be in a nightliner again, which is crazy. Yeah. And um, they, I think they reached out or their management reached out to us, which is also really, really cool that we didn't. And I'm really excited for that because we're going to prepare more. We learned so much after this tour already. And therefore, I feel more prepared. Prepared and I'm excited yeah. because we have our first ever shows in like UK and Italy and many, many countries. And that's so cool. And the yeah. first time English speaking country, that's also nice because with NSOK, we had our first ever shows outside of Germany and Prague and Budapest. Uh, so Hungary and Swit uh, not Switzerland, Austria. Which is almost like Germany, but um, but, but not, <laughs> but not, but it's like pretty much like Germany. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was already such a crazy experience that I'm so excited to experience this way more often in different countries because that's so that's really different, I think. Yeah. And it's already it's so many things happening in this year that I was waiting for my entire life and worked for my entire life. And also, as you said, like being broke. That's like my my life. I was always broke, like also before being in the band. And it's so nice to now have so many options open and being in, on a bus and being able to take the time to make music. And I'm so excited what's going to happen in the future. And I'm really, really hyped to also play these festivals. And I think it's going to give me so much that I don't even know that I can feel. And I'm so, so, so happy for this. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys, I, I feel uh in the future at some point i can see you guys getting on a tour in the states too i think you guys would do really good live in the states i think people yeah. would really i actually saw um to uh defeating gravity was on the billboard charts here or was it a different yes song? no yeah. that was defeating gravity yeah. so we're we're trying our best to be um how to say how to sneak into the u.s market perfect and, yeah. or like not sneak we're like actively attacking it honestly but yeah. <laughs> yeah. not even like no we really really want to go there and our manager like um the connor is really trying to get us more into in international things or on the radio we're really trying yeah. as much as we can we're now on the test drive right now at sirius xm octane oh nice also so cool and I, that's a big wish of mine to tour there so that yeah. is my next next to do and i hope it will happen next year already i honestly. think i think I, I just seeing what i see from people getting into your band and stuff like that it's like 
I, I mean, I, I have an interesting point of view in the music industry because I've worked on it mm -hmm. for so long and I'm also now on YouTube full time. So I see what's getting popular and stuff like that. Yeah. Like people thought I was crazy when I said like, so electric cowboy has the tour coming up, you know, in mm -hmm. the U S and I told people right when it was announced, it was like, this whole thing's going to sell out. And people were like, nah, nobody's going to go see a German band. Half the tours sold out already. See, wow. like that's so cool people, for them. Wow. People want to see these international bands over here, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I went and saw the, the last show I've seen, the first show I saw, um, after like the big lockdown pandemic stuff happened, I went and saw ginger here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh. it, it was sold out. Wow. Wow. Huge. Like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that. That's yeah, because it's, like, yeah, it's such a cool thing. That would be so amazing because for, I feel like for most like bands out of Europe, Okay, not because we we have a few big bands here, of course, as well, like Rammstein and, and so yeah. on, insanely big. But I feel like most of the bands that inspired me to become a musician and do what I do now are from abroad, from also a lot yeah. of them from the US. And um, being accepted there or like having a sold out show would be so amazing to, to me or oh, to us, I think, as well. It, one of the things that this YouTube thing has taught me, too, is how big the music industries in other countries are. So... Mm like you just brought up um i think the biggest international band without a doubt from germany is rammstein yeah um every, i mean they were on the radio here when i was 10 years old you know mm -hmm. Do, when duhast came out phew, I, I mean that was that was number one on rock radio in the u.s for like a year That's i mean insane. it was huge mm -hmm. but then when i started learning more about germany's music scene uh, a lot of our german friends are like yeah they're they're still huge but there's bands here in Germany that are just as big. So like when I got uh, introduced to like Die Ärzte and uh, Die Totenhosen and stuff mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. I was like, I had, I had never heard of those bands ever being Crazy. in the U.S. They never broke into the U.S. market, but they're mm -hmm. massive in Europe. Yeah. And that's what's so wild is um, people always ask like, how, did you, how are you a metalhead and you never got into – Nightwish or Sabaton or Blind Guardian or any of these bands before you did YouTube. I was like, because they don't get marketed here. Like crazy. Yeah. It it is. It's crazy. So I love the fact that right now so many international bands are getting marketed in the US and a lot mm -hmm. of people are utilizing YouTube and stuff like that. And like I said, like I told you earlier, like I'll be touring with Electric Callboy when they're over here. And then there's a bunch of other bands that are coming over I want to see. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's right now more than ever for me. It, like the music industry is more exciting than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. it's, there's that's, so many good so bands. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I feel like social media also helps you nowadays to spread on the world because, um, I mean, of course, not every platform is used equally much in every country. Yeah. I feel like, wasn't it Russia that just got Spotify? Like they didn't have Spotify thing for, sure. for a few years. I, f I think so. But yeah. because um, we could tell it from our streams because they, we just got so much more from from Russia. And oh. I also think I'm not sure, but I feel like in Japan, a lot of people don't use Spotify as well. And you can kind of see like what country uses what platform and so on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they use, but uh, I feel like the Internet helps artists and YouTube helps artists so much more to be yeah, spread in the entire world and marketed in the entire world. Because with reaction channels like you, I feel like people from all over the world are going to watch you, not just like Americans or mm -hmm. 
because we Germans watch you and then yeah, and that that helps us so much because we want to be in the entire world. That'd be so cool, like touring in Japan and everywhere and not being um, dependent on radios or something. Of yeah. course, they help so much. But um, that would be so cool if YouTube would now be or I think it is already a completely new stage for musicians. Yeah. It's I mean, so cool. reactions right now, and I don't just say that because I do them, but I, I feel like we've hit the peak of reactions being like a cool thing. Not to say they're going to go anywhere, but over mm -hmm. the pandemic, there was an explosion of people that were doing it, just like everybody mm -hmm. was doing reactions. And I see a big view difference between bands that th there are certain bands that we know, like if we do a reaction to that band's new stuff, it's going to have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of views, because it's no secret to me that people want to watch reactions to music they they already know because yeah. they want to see somebody have that reaction that they had when they first heard it. Mm -hmm. But what I'm starting to see that I love is that there are a, a good handful of people that will watch any video I release, even if they don't know the artist, because they want to discover new music. So mm -hmm. I've always told people, they're like, well, isn't it, don't you think it's funny that like, if you do a Nightwish reaction, you'll get a couple hundred thousand views. But if you do this new band from wherever, like you only get like a few thousand views. I was like, mm -hmm. no, I don't feel bad. Cause here's the thing. If one new person hears that band on that reaction video and becomes a fan of that band, mission accomplished like Aww. new fans it's really nice though you know? because yeah most people will do it or do it in a way that they get the most out of it mm -hmm. and which makes sense it's it's not that easy to make like a living out of things like yeah. youtube and so on and you are really really dependent on your views and yeah. how long people watch like commercials whatever but that is so nice and it helps us out really really like a lot yeah. and i think a lot of smaller brands I'm really happy and thankful for that. So thank you also yeah, at, at this point course. that I mean, you reacted to us because it mean, helped us. And we had people at gigs, sorry for that, that said we, so many people actually said, I just found you from Tank the Tech. No I'm way, like, what really? What the freaking hell? That's crazy. Yes, that is so cool. I yeah. had, I that is, that makes me feel really good about doing this for yes. one. Um, because I, I feel as though every reaction channel on YouTube has some kind of value because it could turn people onto new music. Mm -hmm. But for me specifically, just my point of view coming from the music industry is like, I know what a lot of bands go through. I know how much it means to be in front of an audience. And I've, I've loved the fact that I can turn my channel into something where I can feature new bands. Now I will say I have a specific way of doing it. Um, I'm sure you're well aware how copyrights work with music licensing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the videos that I do on my channel, I only do them if I get approval from the band or label, because mm -hmm. if you just do a reaction to a random band, you're risking copyright strikes, stuff yeah. like that. So luckily I have maintained good relationships with uh, labels like a rising empire and a lot of others too, like, you know, napalm, nuclear blast, century media, like mm -hmm. they have all seen the value in reactions and have basically just been like, yeah, go for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, which is very cool. But speaking of, helping bands out before I let you go. I do want to ask, I ask this to everybody, mm -hmm. um, from somebody who is actually in future palace, what would you say are some of the best ways for fans to help support you guys, whether that's financial or not just sharing music or whatever. Mm. 
Ah, uh, yeah, good question. Um, I think the the biggest support right now would be like uh, streaming our album wherever you like to, and um, or buying it. That that would be amazing. But I know the time right now is not like that. Like a few years mm. back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, also what would help us out is like going on our website, checking out if we have like new dates that we're playing, and like going there live supports us so 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 much. And yeah, honestly, just like the merch and just listening to mu music, to the music, yeah. Streaming yeah. it. And we have so many like socials where we share all the news. And if you follow us there, that would also mean so much to us. And um, yeah, we're really happy how it goes right now. But yeah, we're ready for new people, more people. Let's grow the Future Palace family. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Well, for anybody that's watching this on YouTube, on the video version, uh, in the description of the video, I'll have links to all of the Future Palace social medias where people can keep up with your tour dates. Cool. Um, for anybody listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, anything like that, uh, you can go to future-palace.com. Mm -hmm. Merchandise, tour dates, all that good stuff. Um, as we already spoke, the new album is out, came out on June 10th. It's called Run. It's fantastic. You guys have festivals coming up, and then you've got a tour with Battle Beast. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to be busy. So if there's anybody yes. that wants to see these guys live or help out, those are your ways. Yes, so. I'm excited to meet you all. Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm excited to meet you guys in person someday, too, because yes. I, I've been talking to so many bands on YouTube and doing these podcasts and stuff. And I haven't really met anybody yet because oh, no. everybody's all over the world, you know? Uh, I think but that's so cool that you can connect to everybody all yeah, over the world because yeah. now you have friends everywhere. That's so cool. The only band that I've actually talked to in person that I've like had on podcasts or done reactions to so far is Lorna Shore. Like when they were in Nashville, Ooh. I went to their sound check and hung out for a while and saw them sound check and it was like super cool, but mm -hmm. that's it. Like I haven't been We're able to, to see meet. anybody else, <laughs> but, but there's some cool tours coming here. Like, uh, in a couple months, uh, falling in reverse and Papa Roach are going to be here. Mm. Um, going to that one. And then Sabaton is playing in Nashville, uh, in October. And then I'm going to wow. go to that. And then a week cool. later, the tour with electric Cowboy starts. <laughs> So that'll wow, be... wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited, but we're honestly planning to go to the US as soon as we can. It's gotta happen. Get on some tours and we don't know which one yet, but we might meet at some point and hopefully sooner than than we can imagine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time once again. I know Thanks it's probably getting a little late. What time is it there? 930? I don't even know. Let me <laughs> it, think. It has, it's, it's gotten darker since we've started. Sure. Yeah. I, so. I just have like two lights on. It's like 930. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I pretty yeah. much run all of my social media stuff on Central European time now anyways. So I'm so used to oh. like all the Germans, you know, Ooh. being on their time schedule. Um, but this wasn't okay, cool. bad. The worst the worst I've had so far was uh, Karan from Bloodywood. That's a, a 12 hour time difference. Um, so oh, that's hard to make it work. Yeah, so that's hard. I think I think we started at like eight in the morning here or no, it was 10 in the morning here and 10 p.m. Mm. for him when we did. Oh, this. OK. <laughs> but the th good so. thing is I'm, I'm a night owl. So I I've, when I was in America, I felt like active and awake. Like I didn't even have a jet lag at all, like just like a tiny, oh, tiny you're bit. Lucky. Yeah, because my my time rhythm is so crazy, like my personal rhythm, sleeping rhythm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm prepared to for a different time zone because yeah, I'm yeah, awake yeah. in the night anyway. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm up till like 2 a.m. every day at least. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know that. So Shit. Well, Maria, thank you again very much. I appreciate it. Um one more time. The album is great. 
I hope you guys have a very safe um, tour schedule and festival mm -hmm. schedule. And maybe at some point, um, either I'll meet you guys while you're in the States or I'll meet you when I'm in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, or we'll just have you back on the channel after touring and we'll talk some more about <laughs> how it went. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks so, so much for having me or us, even though they're not here. But yeah, honestly, thank you. And also for the reactions helped us out so much. So yeah, thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you again and have a fantastic night. You too. And no, you don't have a night. <laughs> have a <laughs> <It'll>, great day. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be night soon. So. Okay, see you. Okay. All right, see you later. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Well, that was a blast, man. And I got to send one more thank you to Maria for joining us because especially with the time differences and the schedules that they have going on, I really appreciate the time that these artists give me on here because, you know, it, it's easy for myself especially to forget that they have so much going on other than just sitting down and talking to me. Like, who knows what else she did on this entire day media-wise before she had to sit down with me too, you know? And on top of that, she streams on Twitch and she does YouTube content from time to time. But one of my favorite things about this conversation was, I mean, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, and I don't mean this to sound bad or insulting, but how kind of green she was or inexperienced rather with like festivals and tours and stuff. It was, it was almost like talking to like an excited kid when they get excited about something like, you know, by now when I'm doing these intros and outros, the festival dates she talked about, like her first festival have already happened. And I've seen footage from a lot of them and they absolutely crushed it. In fact, uh, Bogdan, who some of you may know on YouTube as hardcore, he actually went over to Sweden for the high five festival and he had some footage of them playing and he said that they just sounded phenomenal and they were just super high energy and, you know, they've had a lot of other dates and stuff like that. And I just personally think that these guys are, are going to be around for a while. This is a name that you're going to be hearing for a long time, not only on tours and stuff like that, but we're going to see a lot more releases and you know, it's the other impressive thing too, is it's just the three of them, you know, like they're all very hands-on with the band and everything they're doing. And I love hearing these stories from these artists about stuff like this. And especially Maria's background with her influences and her vocal styles and stuff like that. It's just, this was cool. These are some of my favorite conversations to really get to know the artists and kind of just get their mentality of where they're coming from with their music and their bands. And it's, it's really, really cool. So as a reminder, their brand new album run is out everywhere now. I think it's fantastic. I think you should go listen to it and give it a chance. If you're watching on YouTube again, there will be links in the description where you can go check out their social medias and where you can check out the album and their tour dates and all that. And if you're listening to the audio versions on some of the other podcast outlets, make sure you go to future-palace.com. All of that information is on their website, tour dates, merchandise shop, social medias, all that stuff. And help the, support these bands that you like, man, because really, at the end of the day, it all comes down to fan support. They could be touring and putting out tons of stuff all the time, and it wouldn't matter if nobody listened to it. So you guys are a big part of these bands having success. Don't ever forget that. For those of you that are still listening, there are ways that you can help support this content, the podcast, my YouTube channel, stuff like that. I do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash tank the tech. There's only two tiers on there. It's not much, but with both tiers, whichever one you choose, you do get to listen to these podcast episodes and see all my YouTube videos. 
generally about two or three days early. Um, I do have a merch store, tankthetechmerch.com. Everything that you purchase on there not only supports myself and my content, but the artists that actually designed some of the designs. Uh, I'm also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash tankthetech. That's always a good time. I stream on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And yeah, I think that's about it, man. I mean, even if you don't want to do any of those things that I just mentioned, just know that I appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen to this content. As of right now with this podcast, I've got a little bit of downtime, especially with all the stuff going on at home. I don't have anything confirmed in terms of filming new episodes with anybody, but there are three or four that are in the works. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want anybody to get too excited just in case it doesn't happen, but there's going to be some new fun stuff coming. Some from bands, more episodes from other YouTubers where we can talk about other stuff. Super fun, man. I can't wait to keep doing this, but in the meantime, thank you guys again. I appreciate the support a ton. Wherever you are in the world, be safe, be kind to each other. One more time, my name is Tank. This has been episode 15 of the Back Lounge podcast, and hopefully I'll see you very soon for another one.